Hey there, folks, and welcome to a very special edition of Hardly Heroes. This is uh, our 2021 year in review episode, and we will be giving you a top 10 of our best or favorite movies and a bottom five of our least favorite movies. And today, of course, it is, you know, I'm here and you can follow me on Twitter at I am Caleb B. That's I am Caleb. And then another B at the end. Also follow my friend, co-host and producer, Eddie Cornelison at E-D-D-Y-C-8-5. Follow the show account at EC underscore hero. Check out our Instagram, EC HeroCast, and our Gmail, EC HeroCast at gmail.com. Eddie, we're not alone today, right? This is a bit of a Hardly Heroes, like, full episode, right? Like, we, we, we got the, the power of three, you know? Absolutely. We are joined by a man who saw more movies in theaters than anyone else this year. Um, he may have seen more than both of us combined, actually. Um, he definitely course, did. <laughs> yes. Uh, our uh, good friend, one-third of the Hardly Heroes trio, and uh, a father, a Giants fan, and, and many things. Many things. <laughs> Most of all, good. And he is uh, John... I'm going to say your middle name. John Edward. You can follow him at Jorge Blanco. That's H-O-R-H-A-Y-B-L-A-N-C-O. John, thank you for joining us, sir. Hey, guys. Um, yeah, so like you guys said, I've seen 92 movies in theaters this year, so I am more than ready for this. Um, also, I just want a cheap plug. If people want to read my more elongated list, I did a top 25 for uh, a friend of mine's website, reviewfix.com. You just go to reviewfix.com. It's, I think it's up on the front page. Um, I also do a weekly NXT UK review and an AEW Rampage review on there, too. So just go look for those power rankings each week. So you're the reason NXT UK still exists, then? It's such a good show, and nobody watches it but me, and I understand that. Mm. But it is a really, really good show. And the wrestlers on there are all people that, like, as soon as they hit the States, Everybody's going to be like, oh, my God, Charlie Dempsey's amazing. And I'm the hipster telling you Charlie Dempsey's amazing now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you guys need to know. Oh, man. So, guys, I'm going to ask you before we get started. First off, how was your 2021, just in a general sense? Uh, very average. Mm. Okay. Eddie, Start how much? Your- I picked up a lot yeah. towards the end of the year. That's good. Uh, mine was mine was pretty good. Um, you know, I it's funny. I see a lot of people saying, "Well, you know, 2021 I thought was worse than 2020." I think that's nonsense. Like, yeah, I uh, I, I had movie theaters, so 2021 was automatically better for me off that alone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had movies in 2020, but there weren't a lot of new movies being released. I, God, I think. Um, let's see. There was. Um, what was the movie where the guy went back in time? Not back in time, but like everything was in reverse order. Um, oh, Tenet. Yeah, Tenet. Uh, Tenet, New Mutants, and like Wonder Woman, I think is like the only movies that really pop uh, came up during that time. Maybe there was, I think there was another one about monsters in the desert or something. I don't know. It wasn't very good. But uh, yeah, so this year... We got, like, double the movie. Every movie that was supposed to come out last year came out this year. So I thought we had a pretty good choice of movies to choose from. It felt like every week there was something new coming out. I uh, 
I only saw like 25 movies in theaters and yeah. seven or eight streaming that otherwise would have been in theaters. Some not, and uh, I'll give a shout out right off the top before I forget to 8-Bit Christmas. That would have been my number oh. 11, but... Uh, that, I was say, that just missed my top 10, but uh, I actually had it at 12 on my list, but I like that a lot too. Yeah, I re- recommend that. I know the Christmas is over, but, uh, you know, next year. Very, It was very funny and very cute and heartwarming. Mm. Probably the most family-friendly of everything except for one other movie on my top ten. Huh. Interesting. Well, spoiler alert there. Spoiler yeah. alert. I will tell you guys, just, okay, on an external level, seeing, and this is external, this is external happiness. I didn't really do anything to earn this per se, but seeing the Atlanta Braves win the World Series is something like I was convinced, and I had been for years now, like, oh, they're never going to do it while I'm alive. It's just, It just won't happen. You know, I am just destined and doomed to a lifetime of rooting for this team who's never going to do this thing. And then they did, and by the time they did, especially winning in a 7 nothing shutout, um, you're just kind of processing it as it's happening. And by the time, and John, you even posted on my Facebook, like, oh, all I get, all I get is okay. And the reason you got that is because, like, that was my reaction. I'm like, oh, it's real now. Like, we got the final out. Like, we won. And I've had like um, a post uh, post reaction of like, cannot believe this, you know, that sort of thing. So that's really cool on a personal yeah, level. I guess, I guess that's where like football is different, because for me, yeah. I still haven't gotten to see. I know the Rangers have won one cup in my lifetime, but I wasn't a hockey fan at the time. And yeah. I was only six. Um, yeah. I've never seen the Nets win a championship yet in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. But uh Watching the Giants win in 2007 and 2011, both times felt, like, super magical to me. But yeah. I think it's because of the one-and-done nature of football, where it was like, yeah. even if it felt like they had the momentum and felt like they were going to do it, it's still just one game. You mess up that one game one time, you are screwed. Yeah. Your chances are done. Well, here's the thing, and um, you can go back in retrospect and look look at every series the Braves played this postseason, and they were always in control. In retrospect, like you can tell, like, you know, they never really lost momentum in any of the series as they were in. But as a Braves fan and, you know, anyone who roots for a Georgia based team knows this all too well. Like you don't celebrate a thing until you've done that thing. Like 28, three series lead against the Dodgers, three to one Georgia having Bama down like 20 to seven at half, which that's actually going to get revisited in about a week now. Um, so, so you know, even though you have the momentum and anyone who's, like, watching as a neutral bystander can tell the Braves have that momentum, you couldn't tell that to a Braves fan because, well, what's momentum? What, what does that matter? We need to win this thing, you know? But enough about that. Um, well, one, one final point yeah. to piggyback yeah. off that. That's, to me, is the maybe the biggest reason why this year was better than last year. And I can't believe people are even arguing it, but yeah. like having people back in the stands and being able to oh, go to games, it just yeah. makes the world a difference. And uh, it just, you know, it, it, I know this year it was kind of annoying. It was just a, such a slog. Oh, you know, now there's Delta now there's Omnicron and it's annoying. And it's like, people are getting tired of it and I get it. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the fact that we're probably, I mean, I can do everything I did before, finally, uh, except yeah. 
you know, I have to wear a mask on a plane, which, you know, maybe yeah. one day that'll go away too. But, um, but yeah, the fact that we can go to stuff now, it's, you know, this, this, well, the word super spreader is gone and that yes. is, I'm very happy about. Yeah. For I was sure. going to say for me, I got to go to six wrestling shows. I went to three dynamites. Like that definitely made the year better too. Cause 2020, <laughs> I had gotten to a couple before uh, Corona shut everything down. Yeah. It was still nice to be able to like get to like not only get to shows but to get to some big shows. Like I was at Grand Slam this year and that was like huge. I was at Survivor Series, which yeah, it wasn't great, but at least had that like couple of really good matches. Yeah, so just yeah. getting to go to wrestling again is big for me yeah. too. Besides movies, I mean, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I actually missed a wrestling show this year because I had COVID. For once. <laughs> but yeah, Shame. I mean, seeing uh, seeing my my MLS team win a championship in front of 750 people when the stadium holds 20,000 was, uh, yeah, it was depressing, that, but uh, I got to see mine win too. My, that's, uh, that's true. Did I say that right? I'm a noted NYCFC fan. You did yeah. say it right. Yeah. Yeah. And also I did, I don't know if I ever told you guys, I tried to get into them when they first launched. Like I watched the first two games that they had as a franchise for the first three games, and I think two of the first three ended in a tie, and I was like, I can't do soccer. <laughs> I just, I, I've been told that like watching a game in Yankee Stadium sucks, so I could believe I, that it's just not I've built been, for soccer. I haven't seen a baseball game in the new stadium. I've seen a couple of football games because my high school, um, the high school that I went to had made the city championship there a couple times, but I don't mind the football games there so much. So I can't imagine yeah. soccer would be all that different, but. I mean, I've seen baseball games there. Baseball's fine, but, like, a soccer game, I just, I don't know. It looks yeah. weird on TV, so. Anyway, yeah. on to movies. Hey, real quick, I was going to say, I lost 40 pounds this year. Oh, like, there you go. That, that, like, I feel, yeah, like, I feel much better than I did this time a year ago, so. I think I actually lost close to the same, but not intentionally, just because being single, I, uh. Didn't have the budget to order out as much and wasn't snacking as much. So, <laughs> well, well, either way, congratulations, sir. And I do aim to, I, I aim to lose probably forty more. So let's see if I can get that done. Going to take more discipline than what I had toward the end of the year, but we'll see what we can do. So, guys, do we want to do the bottom five, the the least favorites first, or or do we want to do the favorites first? However you want to go. Okay. All right. So let's do our least favorites, if that's all right with you guys. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Uh, so your fifth least favorite, John. All right. Um, I didn't really rank the least favorites because okay. there weren't a lot of movies that I like absolutely hated this year. I think just getting back into theaters made me a little bit more forgiving than I would normally be. But I'm gonna say number five, In the Earth. This is a movie that, and this would kind of be a common thread for me. It's a movie that obviously not a lot of people seen. I didn't even know what it was before I saw it. It's a very weird horror movie type thing about uh, people who go on this like expedition into the forest. They're trying to do some sort of like environmental research, if I remember right. And they come across this guy who's just kind of lost his mind. But then it's like hijinks ensue from there. And it's brutal and it's violent. And I like that side of it. But the story was just ridiculous and stupid. And I hated it. And so that makes my bottom five in the earth. All right. Eddie. 
my bottom five. This this was shaping up to be maybe a I won't say top uh, ten, but maybe a top twenty movie. And it's a prime example of how the end can just ruin a movie. And it's the little things. I really was enjoying the plot and everything, and then the ending, it was... It's one thing to not have an ending, like Sopranos didn't, which is, to me, is a cop-out. Like, I'm literally paying you to write the ending. Don't give me this, oh, use your imagination. No, you use your imagination, that's your job. So, with little things, it gave an ending, but it just... I don't know. The the best way I can describe it is if is if I was having a conversation with this movie, it would go something like, "Man, so movie. I guess Jared Leto wasn't the killer, huh? No, but we made you think he was. Yes, you did. Uh, so who was the killer? Well, it doesn't look like it was Jared Leto, does it? No, it doesn't. But you didn't. The whole movie was about finding the killer." It was implied Jared Leto, but now it's not. So who is the killer? Ah, it's not Jared Leto, though. Like, okay, just tell me there was no... Like, you, you set up a whole murder movie, and it's like, well, we're just not going to tell you who the killer is. And it's like, jeez, movie, could you be lazier? Like, they didn't just... These women just didn't kill themselves. And Jared Leto was great in it, but it's like... The ending was just such a dud that I had to put it on the top five. Well, bottom yeah. five. Yeah. Okay, what? my fifth... Why, why am I blanking on what movie this is? Uh, Jared Leto, The Washington. It was an HBO release. Uh, oh, okay. he was, it was in the theater. It might have been well, on HBO, too. But, wait, which, uh, which movie was it, though? The Little Things. Yeah. Oh, I think I started that, but didn't finish it. All right, so no, it's, because this, uh, it's because this year has lasted forever. This came out in January, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah like I said, it, it was good up until the end, and then it's just... They didn't tell I told, you who the killer is. I told you guys, I remember um, speaking to just how long 2021 was. By the way, it is January 2nd, 2022, when we are recording. Um, I recall us doing a WrestleMania review. The, that was the same night the Phillies scored a phantom run, and I remember being pissed. So pissed, in fact, that I dropped an F-bomb on here because John goaded me. Oh, that was and fun. <laughs> that was in April. That was that was nine months ago, but like I said to you guys privately, that felt like three years ago. That's how long this year was, man. Well, you know what made the year feel even longer? What? I goaded, I goaded you in response to I feel like you guys trolling me about me being mad that the that the uh, Eagles laid down against the Redskins or the yeah. Washington football team, which was yeah. also 2021. So here's that's how long here's the thing. I'm going to tell you this about the uh, the Giants from last season. The Giants didn't have the second half juice that the Braves did, <laughs> so I don't think the Giants come into the playoffs six and ten and just run the table. No, I don't think so. But I mean, they could have lost the same way Washington lost. But mm. okay. regardless, doesn't matter. They got an extra pick this year. It's going to be top ten, so I can't complain too much. For sure, for sure. My my fifth least favorite movie of the year, and I knew it was going to be. I'm like, oh, this might be interesting by the trailer, but it could be bad. Because we know the director. I'm talking about Old, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> that was fine. It was bad. I Okay, I'm just going to say one thing about Old, because I didn't put it in my top 25. Yeah. But I thought it was okay. okay. I liked it for an M. Night Shyamalan movie. It 
kind of made sense. I feel like so many M. Night Shyamalan movies have a twist just for the tw- like sake of a twist. Yeah. I feel like that kind of made sense. They actually like gave you some closure after the twist. Yeah. So I don't think old was so bad, actually. It could have been better for sure. But I just, I, even I down to like, I feel like, it, I'm like, is M. Night trying to have fun here? Because he named the rapper character Midsize Sedan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's just so, like, this, like, bad, like, not village bad, not Lady in the Water bad, but, like, this was bad M. Night for sure. And that, that's why Old is my fifth least favorite movie of the year. John, what is your fourth least favorite movie of the year? All right. Number four. So I did In the Earth. I promise you I'll give you some movies that people have heard of, too. Mm-hmm. But uh, the next one, and I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation because it's a Spanish kids movie. Oh. Un Resate de Huevitos, which I'm pretty sure means the egg rescue. Text and, it to me. Text it to me in the group chat and I will try to pronounce it for you. Uh, sure. But I think it's the egg rescue in Spanish. That's all everybody needs to know. Okay. Um, this movie was bad. It's a kid's movie, so I don't want to get too harsh on it. But I brought my daughter to see it, even though it was in Spanish, because I figured the theater would be empty. And she kind of likes to read, so she wouldn't mind the subtitles. But the story was dumb, and the movie was bad. And there was a lot of, like, fart jokes and things like that. And it didn't really <laughs> Sounds great. It's a kid's movie. It didn't try to be clever. And like I said, I have a kid's movie in my top ten. This ain't it. Well, again, your fourth least favorite movie of the year, Un Rescate de Hevuitos. There you go. Noted uh, Spaniard Caleb Baldwin. Buddy, I have been learning Spanish on Duolingo for four years now. I know pronunciation. I took seven years of Spanish and passed my Spanish regents and still can't pronounce it. So... (laughs) Eddie, what's your fourth? Oh, numero cuatro is <laughs> this would be this should this would be number one if I was making a most disappointing movie list. But there are three worse than this one. But bottom five, not number four. I've got Matrix Resurrections. What a letdown this was. What a I, yeah. Very fair. Yeah, I mean, like, and and the thing is, is it's like it had good ideas. It did. It's like it started off. It's like you know, oh, Neo's in this uh, in the Matrix. He just has a regular job, and he took takes the blue pill. Like, what's going on? He knows Trinity, but they don't really know each other. What what's going on there? And then well, there's like the meta stuff of him working as a game designer, but he designed yeah. the Matrix. And then there's a lot of like they... self-referential, but. Yeah, they even uh, name-dropped Warner Brothers at one point. Yeah, and I liked that. And then, you know, spoilers for probably all the movies, by the way, but uh, they it's like, oh, how is he going to get out? Well, we're just going to literally do the same thing we did in the first Matrix. In fact, we're even going to show you that scene during the scene. So that was weird. And then another good twist I thought was Neil Patrick Harris being the villain. And then at the end, he just didn't really do anything in fact they go to his house or whatever and they just start like i don't know like just pointing at him and like cutting his head off or whatever that was i don't know but that and um discount uh morpheus and discount agent smith was a big minus for me i don't know why you couldn't get like the real okay uh, you know hugo Hugo weaving and uh lawrence fishburne first off okay as much as i like hugo weaving as smith 
I'm just glad Jonathan Gruff got some more work after Mindhunter got canceled. Okay. Okay. All right. Have you not seen Mindhunter? <laughs> if you if you haven't, you should check it out. As well as the fourth season of Cobra Kai. No, but everybody's seen Mind Freak, so that's something yeah. totally different. Chris Angel. But uh, and 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 also the action scenes were lame. It was just it consisted of Neo just holding up his hands and you know stopping all the bullets. Like it just this I, this was bad. And the first Matrix is an all time great action movie. But I mean, if I'm ranking the Matrixes, it's one big drop, two, three, four, and this is the worst one. And it's like in a year where we've done so or a couple years where we've had some really good reboots you know even though it didn't do well in the box office the terminator reboot was good much better than genesis which was a pile of shit and uh, <laughs> uh ghostbusters a great reboot uh the tom holland spider-man's a great reboot matrix what a what a letdown just and i was i can't really i couldn't put it in my bottom five because i actually fell asleep during it <laughs> but <laughs> to me is kind of telling in the movie because i thought i mean i've saw 92 yeah. movies there's more than one or two that i fell asleep for part of yeah, but this was the most recent one, and considering it is supposed to be an action movie for me to fall asleep, that's a little telling. Yeah, that's bad. My number yeah. four, and this is the first movie I saw in theaters this year. I saw it on May fifteenth. I saw this movie, which was a spiritual successor to a slasher series. I saw Spiral from the Book of Saw. And oh, get it, out of here. That nonsense. I love Spiral. Uh, it, it's better. Okay, look, look, look. I'm going to tell you this. It is better than any of the other Saw sequels, but that is a low bar. The open, the whole opening with Chris Rock in the hotel room was yeah. so funny. And I just love Chris Rock in that story. It's so out of place, but I feel like it works perfectly. I just... Ah, there was something missing, you know. Well, the, twi- I mean, the twist sucked, but yeah. It, well, I feel like the rest of the movie made up for it. I saw that coming a mile away when is you know the well, first Saw movie was an all time great twist, and this was yeah. just oh the guy that everybody thought was the killer's the killer. What a shock! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. So my number four least favorite Spiral from the Book of Saw. John, what is your number three here? All right. Now I'm gonna start to get into some movies that people have maybe seen. Um, my number three, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. It was bad. <laughs> this was, this was bad. I really don't have a lot to say about it. Um, I fell asleep for a couple seconds during this too, which kind of a common thread, but, uh, I don't know. It just didn't click for me. I feel like it was kind of ham handed and it wasn't awful. It just was in the worst movies I've seen this year because it was kind of boring and not very eventful considering there's a lot, like there was a lot going on. But it felt like nothing really mattered, and the characters weren't developed at all. And that's about it. My number three is a movie I believe was supposed to come out 2020. Uh, and it it didn't. It dropped on just, uh, I, think, uh, I think Prime actually got this one. But uh, the original, one of my all-time favorite comedies... <laughs> Coming to America, the two, the T.O. is at number two now, the sequel. I mean, there were some oh, funny moments, but this just didn't need to exist, really. This was a pure cash grab. It was a very low effort, not that funny. Uh, and when you're making a sequel to 
like I said, one of the all-time great comedies in the history of cinema. I mean, you got to do better than this. This, like I said, big-time cash grab, and yeah, it. I don't. I don't have a whole lot to say. The funeral scene alone is just like, what? What am I even watching here? What is this? <laughs> hey, that that came out the same weekend we were in Jacksonville, pal. Well, I uh, I must have watched it the week after then. Yeah, so there were two deaths in Jacksonville that weekend. Hey, <laughs> three. If anyone watched the movie while they were there. Yeah. <laughs> My third least favorite movie. So again, your your uh, your third least favorite was Coming to America. Yep. My third least favorite, and this is something I knew going in, like even by the trailer, I'm like, this looks pretty mediocre. I didn't realize how bad it was going to be. And it's funny because this this studio put out one of the the best, one of the better origin stories they'd done this, this year, just two months prior to this release. And this was two and a half hours of just scattered mess. Entire characters just disappearing off the screen for like an hour at a time. And I don't know where they're going to go from here. I certainly hope they don't uh, just get married to these characters and have to, you know, just keep, you know, using them. And, oh, here's this part two. And, hey, we're going to do a crossover. And my number three, least favorite movie of the year, Eternals. Mm. That's fair. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, I didn't. I'll just say it now. I didn't put it on my list either way for best or worst. But mm-hmm. Black Widow is definitely one of my most disappointing of the year. Hmm. Yeah. For a similar reason to what you're saying with Eternal, like I didn't mind Eternals, but I didn't think it was very good. Yeah. But Black Widow to me was even worse than Eternals. <laughs> did did either you, did you did you guys like the Harry Styles cameo? I did actually. <laughs> yeah. Eternals was closer to my bottom five than top ten, but uh, Black yeah. Widow was closer to my top ten than bottom five. Yeah. Anyway, number two. John. All right. Number two, I was debating between two movies. There's a lot of bad movies. <laughs> I think we have the same bottom two. I don't know if they're in the same order, though. I don't know if we're going to have the same bottom two, because I think one of these one of these you'll definitely have. I think the other one I don't know if you're going to. Um, but I'm going to say number two because I think I'm going to have the same number one as Eddie. Number two for me is actually going to be Space Jam, A New Legacy. <laughs> and I like LeBron as an athlete. I don't mind him as a person, even though I think some of his tweets are ridiculous. But I had a lot of hope for this movie because I was like, oh, people are just going to bash it because it's not Jordan, just like they do with everything LeBron does. But this movie was just bad on a lot of levels. I had fun going into it because I was like, all right, I know this is going to be a kid's movie. I know it's starring LeBron James. This isn't going to be a classic. But I feel like it lost any of the charm that the original Space Jam had. And I think it's because there were no, like, uh, comedic sort of, like, sidekicks, like, uh, what's his name, from uh, Seinfeld in the first one. Newman. Wayne Knight. Yeah, Yeah, Wayne Knight. There was no Wayne Knight in this. There was no Bill Murray in this. So it kind of just ended up being a lot drier than the first one and a lot less funny. Yeah. Plus um, the whole, st- like, the story I thought was kind of cute with, like, oh, his kid doesn't really want to play basketball. He wants to design games, but LeBron wants him to play basketball because he's LeBron. And I was like, that's, that's kind of a cute idea. And the kid was probably, like, the best part of the movie. But everything else about the movie was pretty awful. And, like, the only good things was, like, 
Like I said, the kid actor was okay, and there was a lot of, like, fun cameos in the background, but the writing was terrible. The story was very boring. Like, oh, they might get trapped in a video game. It didn't feel... It didn't have any of the appeal to me that the original Space Jam had, so that's my number two. Oh, my number two. This was a movie that I saw the trailer on and thought this was going to be awesome, and boy, was it so boring and so pointless. It is Green Knight. (laughs) I mean, look, this was like a 14th century poem or something, so, okay, fine. This was back when they didn't write and have, like, character development or motivation for people. You know, it was just really basic storytelling. And that's what this was, but, like, it was it was not meant to be a movie. And it was... The whole thing made no sense from the get-go. Like, they're all in King Arthur's court. This big wooden green knight comes in. Like, oh, whoever can uh, land a blow on me um, gets this sword, but you you have to you have to receive it next year. Like, okay, why is any of that happening? No answer. And then he just kneels down and offers up his head, so this dude chops it off. And, okay, why did he do that? No answer. Never explained. And then he's like, picks up his head, and he's like, well, remember, next year, my place, you got to do this now. Why? What? Why does he have to do that? Why? Why? Nothing's ever explained. And then he goes on the quest, and it's just walking on the quest, story drop. Walking on the quest, oh, is a battlefield, and he gets stole, he gets his stuff stolen. Story drop. Oh, he's walking around, and he meets uh, Carly Morgenthau from Falcon and Winter Soldier. Story drop. Oh, actually, she's dead. Uh, goes to a castle, and uh, he uh, he's a two-pump chump. Story drop. And then, oh, he meets a talking fox. Story drop. And then he gets to the Green Knight, and then he chickens out, and then he gets a vision of what would happen if he did, and it's like, oh, everyone hates you, and you have a, you know, your wife leaves you and everything. And it's like, that's what happens if you don't cut your head off. So he's like, oh, okay, cut my head off, and the movie's over. And I just sat there like, what? what is this? What? Why did any of that happen? And it didn't give an answer, and all these idiot critics on Rotten Tomatoes who think anything like this is a masterpiece. It's like, no, it really isn't. And every review, like, oh, it looked so beautiful, though. Oh, it looked great, though. Yeah, it looked great. You know what else looked great? The scenes in Africa and coming to America. The city in Matrix Resurrections. Every movie looks great. Like, stop using that as, like, an excuse. Oh, it looks great. Who cares? Everything looks great. This movie, the plot, terrible. Just terrible. Get it out of here. Yeah. Well, my number two least favorite. And this was something, again, I took a flyer on because I have Regal Unlimited. And I knew by the trailer, like, oh, this may not be too good. But, you know, whatever. I already paid my flat, you know, 1960. So let's let's try it out. John, could you mute yourself? <laughs> um. Anyway, let's try it out. And I knew. <laughs> I knew this was going to be cheese by the trailer when the first things you hear is, this is the real purge, the forever purge. And I was not, my my expectations were not subverted. This was bad. There's so much wrong with it. And it, man, it, he, he didn't even say that in the movie. That was a letdown. I know. Yeah, it was a cut in too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, whatever. Don't watch the forever purge. It's not that good. 
Um, <laughs> if you want to turn your brain off for 90 minutes and just watch some mindless violence and such, then okay, go ahead. Otherwise, don't bother. Yeah, I thought The Forever Purge was okay. Not amazing, but it, I feel like it had its moments, and I knew what it was like, what I was getting into with a Purge sequel. Well, yeah, it's it's the fifth Purge movie. I mean, what, what are we expecting? Yeah, they just... The, the TV show, I thought, was actually clever with the concept. This was just, like, more of the same and meh. Yeah. All right, John, what is your least favorite movie of 2021? All right, number one, least favorite movie of 2021. Now, this is another movie that I fell asleep for part of, unsurprisingly. And if anybody was paying attention, they would notice I was suspiciously quiet when Eddie was giving his number two. <laughs> and that's because me and Eddie don't agree on a whole lot, but the yes. Bury it. Bury it. Pile of garbage of a movie. And it fell into, for a long time, I said that Hereditary was my least favorite movie of all time. Because I felt like it was like two good movies mashed together to make one bad movie. This was one okay movie stretched out into becoming one horrendous movie. Because there were some scenes that I liked. There were some concepts that I liked. Like, I liked the idea that even if it sounded dumb, that like in a year he's going to face. And that was that was one of the key things for the movie. He was going to face whatever he did to the big wooden guy, the not group guy. Um, so if he had cut his hand off, then Groot would cut his hand off. If he had done whatever, Groot was going to do that back to him. But he chose to cut his head off, which I don't know if it was because he didn't take it seriously or he thought it would actually kill him or what, but it was just a dumb move. And then most of the movie was like people have complained about Lord of the Rings where it's like, oh, it's just three movies of people walking as the whole thing from Clerks 2. Um, that's what the Green Knight felt like. It felt like it was just all walking, and then the ending, it felt like, wasn't even ever that decisive of an ending. It wasn't like we saw him get his head cut off, if I remember right. Unless we did, I don't remember. No, we didn't, you're right. It was assumed that he he gets his head cut off. Um, and I don't know, the whole movie, like I said, was just junk. I think, Eddie talked about critics liking it. I think there's a very common thread of, like, critics aren't as smart as they think they are, and internally they know that. And so critics, whenever they don't understand something and it's slow and serious, will just be like, that was fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> Nailed it. That's not, that's not what happens. Sometimes you don't understand something because it doesn't make sense or it's a bad movie. It's not that it's this elevated form of art that, you know, the rest of us are too simple to grasp. It's just sometimes it sucks and Green Knight sucked. Yeah, it was close to being my number one movie. My number one the the tiebreaker was number was I had higher expectations for number one. Number one should have been good, but it was a half hour longer. Well, I felt with the Green Knight because I was like, yeah. this looks good. It sounds weird. It sounds like it's because I like weird stuff, as we'll see in my top ten a little bit. I like kind of like obscure, weird. Like this should have been up my alley, and it just wasn't because it was bad. Yeah, well, number one was weird, but uh, not a good weird. It was Dune. Two and a half hours, I, I called it C-SPAN in space. People, you know, I've had friends, my barber, family, they're like, oh, it was so good, it was so good. Like, no, no, it really wasn't. And it's like the first half hour, I was sitting in the theater, and I'm like, there hasn't been any action scenes. I'm like, huh, I wonder if this movie's going to suck, because it kind of feels <laughs> like it's about to suck. And based on the trailers, it shouldn't. And it kept going, and I'm like, no, 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 Eddie, you're 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 overreacting. 
you got Jason Momoa and Batista. They're going to have an awesome fight at the end. And I'm like, you're right, Eddie. Let's 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 uh, wait for that. No, Jason Momoa's character gets killed off. They have the main Batista's barely in it. This was a Brian Cranston Godzilla moment where, like, if you saw the trailer, that's the extent of the movie that he's in. Pretty much the same with Zendaya, by the way, who's also barely in it. And um, yeah, it just it drug on. It was about a bunch of who cares. Uh, oh, but it it looked good. I will say that, just like Green Knight. Uh, but yeah, it was a whole bunch of like I I don't care. The action was bland. Uh, I didn't care about uh, really any of the plot. It was a mess. I hated it. It was so boring. I got up. I almost fell asleep. I got up to use the bathroom. I didn't really have to use the bathroom, but I needed something to. Um, not put me to sleep, which this movie was doing, and uh, the the villain flying up to the ceiling to hide, like that sucked. I mean, and the final battle, just some random dude and the main character, and it's just like, ha ha ha, do you yield? No, ha 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 ha, do you yield? No, ha ha ha, you're dead. And it wasn't a good fight. It was boring. The main, the final fight was just some random guy, and. Uh, yeah, I will not be seeing a, uh, any more Dunes. Uh, I, I'm with you on Dune to an extent. It didn't make my bottom five. It, I didn't even put it in my bottom ten. But it was definitely a movie that, to me, felt like the first Lord of the Rings, where it was like, this feels like I'm just watching a part of a movie and not a whole standalone movie. And that maybe it'll get better with subsequent movies. But it felt to me like it almost didn't establish the characters well enough to justify the lack of action that it had. And it didn't get me invested enough in the characters to really care about the action. So I felt like Dune, Dune could have been a lot better. It's another movie. I watched it at home. I did fall asleep for part of it. But yeah. I cannot. I, I actively hated this movie. It might have even overtaken Prometheus as my most hated movie that I've watched in a theater. It was that bad. <laughs> Well, with that, my least favorite movie of the year. And folks, look, I get it. Horror movies in general, kind of bad. You got to grade them on a curve. I get that. This one, this finished off a trilogy. By God, I hope it was just a trilogy because I do not want to see another one of these after what I saw. Of course, the original director from the first two was not there. He had to do something else this year. Um... And again, these movies are quote unquote based on a true story. Um, okay, so what's the deal with the lady, you know, practicing the witchcraft in, you know, the 70s? My least favorite movie of the year, after two really, really good horror movies in the past, in 2013 and 2016, 2021, you didn't quite hit the mark. In fact, again, like I said, actively bad. Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Yeah, I, I saw that one in theaters. I can see why it's on your list. Yeah. It's not yeah. the best, that's for sure. Yeah. I was hopeful and I severely, severely disappointed. So that is why that is my least favorite movie of the year. Well, we got that yeah. out of the way. Yeah. Our okay. favorite 10. All right. Our 10 favorite movies of the year. John, what is your 10th favorite movie of the year? 10. Alright, number 10. This one might sound totally out of character for me, but I went into this movie with kind of low expectations, because I knew going in that I did not like the soundtrack at all. 
And it's a musical. So when I don't like the soundtrack of a movie that is a musical, and I know that ahead of time, I'm expecting to hate the movie. And when the movie opens, the first character that it focuses on, I was like, this guy is also terrible. So by all accounts, this movie should have sucked. But then somehow, I don't know what they did, they turned it around, and they got kind of cheesy with it, and there's kind of like an ultra-woke sort of sub-storyline to it that I really enjoyed. And then there's a... I don't want to really talk about spoilers, but the uh, the way the the way the movie ends, because I'd imagine most people know from the original. I'm assuming it ends the same way. I've never actually seen the original. But for me, my number 10 is West Side Story. I really enjoyed it. I didn't think I would. I thought it was going to suck, but it came around. And one of my judgments on if a movie's good or not is, did it make me cry? And this movie had two spots that made me cry. So West Side Story is my number 10. All right. Number Wet Side Story, gotcha. My number 10, I, I'm grading on a bit of a curve because this was perfect for Christmas. And it's super cheesy and a super feel-good movie. And maybe I just wanted to talk about it, but I don't know. I really enjoyed it. It is American Underdog with uh, the Kurt Warner movie. And it's, a perf- like I said, perfect holiday movie. It's, uh, and, and the, like, it's, it's funny because, you know, throughout the years they've said, oh, well, you could never make this movie. Hollywood would laugh at you because it's too cheesy, but it really happened. And yes, it was too cheesy. And if Kurt Warner never existed, I'd probably say this movie sucked and there's no way that this could have ever happened, but it did. And other than missing, I think he spent a year in NFL Europe. Other than missing that, it was pretty accurate to everything that happened, so I can appreciate that. Would have liked to spend a little more time uh, on the Super Bowl. Not just saying that because I was a Titans fan and I would like the uh, I'd like to get like a Jeff Fisher or Steve McNair cameo, although I would. But uh, I'm saying it because I think it really would hammer home like this is you know the the real achievement here but it was more about the journey than the uh the ultimate super bowl but uh it was still uh really good and and the other thing i will say is earlier in the movie he he missed a uh i think the arena bowl the guy was a yard short and i don't know if that happened or not but i was like oh they're setting that up for the end when the titans are a yard short and then they didn't and i was like huh that's weird because, I mean, you could do that in the arena bowl. No one's going to fact check that. Like, yeah, yeah, sure, I would believe that. But and then I thought, yeah, they're going to throw that in. But then they didn't. And it's maybe it's because Kurt Warner wasn't involved in the final play. I don't know. But uh, I would have thrown that in there. Um, but it could have been higher, I guess. But that's my number 10. I'm just going yeah. to second that real quick. Uh, I, it didn't make my top 10, but it did make my top 25. I don't remember exactly where I put it. But uh, I liked it a lot, too. I th- I knew it was going to be a little cheesy, and maybe it was overly cheesy, but I feel like it worked. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, my daughter's on the spectrum, so I'm always going to have a soft spot for kids with disabilities and anything like that. And uh, I also should have a soft spot for Kurt, War- Kurt Warner on a whole. I'm speaking to my daughter's coming in. Um, I also have a soft, soft spot for Kurt Warner on a whole because he uh, was super nice the one year that he was with the Giants and stayed late after practice taking pictures of everybody. So he's the best. Yeah, Kurt Warner, stand-up guy, real yeah. American. Dog. I don't. I, that's like the one guy I wouldn't mind losing to. Like exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, my number ten 
favorite movie of the year. Now this was this was just a lot of fun, you know. It's one of those, you know, turn your brain off, just have fun, enjoy the ride, watch the action. And my number ten, little movie called Cop Shop with Clive Owen and Frank Grillo and many others among him. Just just a great, like I said, ninety minutes of pure action and gore and fun and I, I recommend it. I really do. Alright. I think I've heard of it. Um once you said gore, it's something triggered that I'm like, maybe I've seen a trailer for that. Yeah, it's uh it's a bit much, I'll tell you that. It's it's fun, man. It's fun. Yeah. Right. Well, number nine. Uh I think John's dealing with something, we can come back to him. Uh, <laughs> wait, right. I'm back to it. Oh, okay. He's back. Fine. Number nine. ponytail, so I had to solve that first. Number nine is Blue Bayou. This was another movie that didn't get a lot of hype, but this is really good. The story was, I believe he's Korean. I'm a Korean immigrant who is brought to the States as a young child, grows up in Louisiana, has a Louisiana in accent. I don't know what the word for them is, but uh, has an accent like he's from Louisiana, ends up starting a whole second family here as a stepdad to a young girl. And it's their whole family dynamic as he faces deportation when they realize that he's here and he's committed a crime. And it's just really emotional, really draining. And the end has like a nice little twist that isn't, I don't know how to say it without giving it away. It's not really a feel good twist, but it's not, it leaves you feeling okay about the situation. And so Blue Bayou is my number nine. All right. My number nine is, uh, is House of Gucci. I uh, I've sung the praises of Lady Gaga on this show as uh, in, in the main show. If you actually, I don't know if those episodes have dropped yet, but anyway, uh, I will. So uh, push it. So you mentioned it there. Okay. So yeah, uh, I'm a fan of uh, her in this movie. I think it, she went from like bonafide singer to bonafide actor in, in this. Uh, I didn't know the story of it, so that was interesting. It was uh, like I, I, I love a good um, I love a good fa- uh, family drama type story with uh, you know hire killers for hire involved. That's always good. And uh, Jared Leto again makes a has has another good role in this, uh, much like in Little Things, but. He ended up on the right side of the list this time. Yeah, yeah I, 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 driver. I didn't get, I didn't put it in my top ten, but uh, House of Gucci was better than I was expecting it to be. Yeah, same. Yeah. John, are, you, are you grinding up weed over there? No, you might hear my daughter jumping around in the background. Oh, okay, that's tell, uh, tell, her, tell her to stop. Yeah. <laughs> tell her, hey, we're trying to record here. Enough. Go to bed. Yeah. All right. That who's gonna work? Uh, your your number nine's up, I believe. Yeah, it's mine. Uh, my number my number nine. I told you guys I love horror movies, and even more so, I love like mythical creatures. And when I saw the trailer for Antlers, I knew immediately I'm gonna love this, and I was not at all disappointed. I love the story of the Wendigo, just how insane it is and you know it takes you know it has to be triggered by cannibalism and just just check it out guys i know i, 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 have, I, seen that one. I do want to see it but i never i didn't get to it's 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 very good well number eight for me 
Yes. For you. All right. This one is probably going to get some Oscar buzz. I don't know if it is or isn't. I know it's gotten a lot of commercials. But uh, Nightmare Alley, it feels like a really good episode of The Twilight Zone where you kind of see the twist coming. It's pretty obvious pretty early on in the movie to me. But there is a twist, but the whole process to get there is a really fun journey. And Bradley Cooper's really good. The supporting cast is phenomenal in it. And like I said, in the end, it it just feels like a a two-hour-and-a-half-long Twilight Zone episode. So Nightmare Alley gets my number eight. Well, I'm sold on that. I like the Twilight Zone. So, my number eight, since we are a uh, hero podcast, number eight is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. This was way better than I thought it would be. Um, I don't want to say too much because we will review it, you know, in like two years or whatever. But uh, the concept was really cool. I I enjoyed the... the, um, the comedy relief of the show, uh, or the movie rather, and yeah, just all of it was uh, was a lot better than I was expecting. Now it actually was nice to look at instead of pretending to be nice to look at, but yeah, I liked a lot of the the concepts and everything. The action was really good, um, and you know, Marvel's uh, Marvel did it again. That made that made number fifteen on my list. I like that one a lot too. Okay. Right. Well, my number eight is actually Eddie's number ten, American Underdog. I, I loved this movie, man, and uh, maybe it has to do with my religious upbringing. I don't know. Maybe it has to do with the, the focus on the father-son relationship and the fact that I saw this on Christmas Day, you know, and that you know that's for reasons. You know, Christmas is a day I you know associate with my father now, and. I did, I'm not going to lie, I did tear up a couple of times because of that. And I just, seriously, you know, when you're watching sports and they're like, you could literally make a movie about this. Well, they did. And it was pretty good. So, that For that reason, American Underdog is my number eight movie of the year. I'll also add that to me, American Underdog felt like the most Disney movie that isn't actually Disney, right? Disney mm-hmm. Underdog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind of. That's another way I'd describe that. Yeah. Now, number seven. All right, number seven for me. This was in my number one slot for a long time this year. This was the first movie that I saw this year. April 2nd, I believe it was. I went to a nice early morning showing with my dad, and this was a little movie called Nobody. Ooh, and yeah. I loved this movie. This was so much fun from start to finish. The idea of Bob Odenkirk as just a kind of a regular guy, but also, spoilers, he's basically a trained assassin. And the way he just destroys everyone and is never even in real peril is is just a... And that fact that it all stems from his daughter getting her... Uh, I forget, what is it? Her bracelet or doll bracelet, or something? Yeah. yeah. It's like... It was just a fun movie all like all around. And the Method Man's good in it. Christopher Lloyd is a ton of fun in it. And nobody gets my number seven spot. My number seven spot. This is a uh this is a franchise that doesn't get enough love, but I really every movie that they've they put out I really liked and Oh my tell me. What? Is it F nine? No. Okay. No. Uh it, it this is uh the Kingsman. 
I I really liked it. I thought the action in it was was really good. It Try was... to stay away from spoilers because I'm going to see it later this week. All right, not... spoilers, spoilers is not very good. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Uh, the fight with uh, with Rasputin I thought was really really good. It was um, there is an end credit scene which I got got me excited for uh, a sequel. Mm. I did but, like yeah. one of the things about that movie that I liked. Yeah, but I so I, I I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have a question. Uh, were they true to life, and did Rasputin have a huge cock? Uh, he didn't uh, expose himself in the movie. Okay, but uh, it's not true to life as far as like uh, it's it's like um it's like uh, Inglorious Bastards where it's um. What's the term for that? Like uh, fiction, historical fiction is kind of what it is. So, um, but yeah, I liked it a lot. Really good. Recommend it. You'll enjoy it. I think. Good to know. I'm going to see it three days from now, so that's good to know. My number seven. Uh, this is a little movie. Um, really good stuff, man. Uh, let me find the director because uh, I I know the. This is going to eat me up inside. Well, what's the name of it? <laughs> Here we go. Okay, number seven. And I, by the trailer, I was intrigued. I'm like, let's check this out. And you had Anya Taylor-Joy in it from Split and New Mutants and The Witch and Queen's Gambit, so on and so forth. Uh, this was a good story, a bit of a mystery, kind of a thriller and a, a bit supernatural, uh, directed by Edgar Wright, who, you know, directed Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, so, uh, so much more. My number seven, Last Night in Soho. Oh, that was good. I like that. Yeah. I enjoyed that one. So, did, yeah. I did that movie in top 25, but I did enjoy the movie. For, for all the, the reasons previously listed... Last Night in Soho is my seventh best movie, or pardon me, seventh uh, most favorite movie of the year. My only real problem with that is it's another one where I feel like the twist is semi-obvious. But yeah. more, so, more so the main character's voice throughout the movie kind of like is grating on me. And I know that sounds weird coming from me who probably has like the least attractive voice ever. That's but, funny because like I loved that. I loved her accent. I like fell in love with it, man. Yeah, I don't know. But I like the movie on a whole. I think it's a good choice. Number six. All right, this is where I get to be a little bit too hipster for my own good. Oh, no. So, Caleb <laughs> mentioned earlier about Regal Unlimited, and I have it too, although I have to pay twenty three fifty because I live in New York City, and it varies by market. Um, But because of that, I went to see a lot of movies – and a lot of the times I went to go see movies that I hadn't even seen a trailer for, like I had mentioned in the uh, in the Earth or the Spanish uh, Egg Rescue movie. But this was another one that kind of fit that list. This was a movie starring Joaquin Phoenix that will probably end up getting some Oscar hype. I don't know if it will or won't, but it was done fully in black and white, and it's a movie called Come On, Come On. And I was a sucker for this movie. Basically, the concept is Joaquin Phoenix is an uncle. Um, his job is he's traveling the country producing, I guess it's a documentary type series or with these audio interviews, um, asking kids all around the country what they think about the future, basically. And in the movie, something happens, I won't say exactly what happened, but something happens where he ends up basically having to watch his nephew for a while 
And the whole movie is about how him and the nephew interact and get along and their bonding experience. And it just explores a lot of the feelings of like loss and separation, things like that. Things that kind of hit close to home for me too, being a single parent right now. And, uh, the acting is really good. Him, the relationship between him and the nephew is great. The nephew is awesome. He almost seems borderline autistic in the movie, like Asperger's or something, because he seems extremely smart for his age. But the writing's really good. It's definitely a little bit of Oscar bait, because it's, like I said, it's a black and white movie. It relies almost entirely on dialogue. But it's a really, really good movie. And I think they legitimately, if I'm not mistaken, I think they legitimately interviewed the kids where they show the clips throughout the movie. Um because they ask a lot of kids about their experiences and how they interact with adults, and that's that's a big part of the movie, too, is how adults view kids and interact with kids, which is another big thing for me, because I work in education. And so, that, I, I thought just overall it was a really good movie. It's funny, it's got a lot of heart to it, and Come On, Come On is my number six. Hmm. It's a good song by the Von Bondies, too. <laughs> uh, my number six is, uh, is going to be Free Guy. It's, uh, look... There's not many good video game movies. They're they're starting to come around on them, but I I really enjoyed Free Guy. It was a really fun concept. Um, I mean Ryan Reynolds is like the perfect person for this sort of role. I love the idea of an NPC, you know, taking over this game. I love the the character being the evil CEO. It's like a, such a great stereotype of every. Uh, game design company CEO and uh, is just great in everything he's in he's going to come up on my list in a little while but he's fantastic in everything the guy who played the CEO who also directed uh, Jojo Rabbit yeah like I said it's it's a fun movie and it's if you you'll like it even if you're not a gamer but if you are you'll really appreciate a lot of the little you know easter eggs and things like that in there so I really liked it a lot it was uh and honestly, I, I liked it better better than I thought it would be. I thought it would be like a fun, you know, like a Ready Player One, which yeah, would, you know, was like a would be like a borderline top ten movie. But this was, you know, solidly number six. I didn't think it was bad, but I will say, to me, I liked the concept a lot more than I liked the actual movie. I thought it was a really cool idea, and the movie was just okay. Like it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Yeah. Well. Free Guy, spoiler alert, Free Guy will be on my list at some point, and I'm going to add something when I get there. But my number six, my, my most favorite movie here, was also a musical. John had one on his list earlier. This is a bit different. This, you know, I've heard good things about Lin-Manuel Miranda. I've never seen Hamilton, but then I, I saw In the Heights. This, that was a damn good time, dude. That was my number 14 for the year. But, uh, God, what's her, I forget her name, but the one from uh, Orange is the New Black is just makes that movie for me. Mm, Dasha Polanka, right, I think? It is. That sounds yeah. right. Um, I'll tell you, that's where I figured out that Stephanie Beatriz uh, doesn't sound like... Um, like her character from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I figured out that, like, oh, her voice is very different from what she puts on on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which makes sense. But, you know, that's that's how I found that out. That movie, so that's another one that, like, I don't want to give away spoilers, whatever, but the uh, the twist at the end of that really got me, even though it should have been an obvious one. Yeah. But uh, that, that brought the tears out of me, because I faced the same dilemma at one point in life. 
of do you leave or do you stay where you are and what happens when you make the decision you make. Yeah. And that really resonated with me. I like that one a lot. Yeah, I'm glad you uh, – I, I didn't know you were nearly deported. That's pretty wild, bro. Yeah, I, I was. That was uh, I was almost sent away. Almost had to go to Ireland. Um, <laughs> well, I was like, did you see a different movie? Because deportation, I feel like, was not the story, at least for the main characters in, in the Heights. No, no, I'm but, messing around. Yeah, number <laughs> five. Top five. Big one. Yes, top five. Top five. All right. My number five is one that I assume is going to be in both of your top fives, too. Probably higher than it is on mine. But my top five are almost interchangeable, depending on when I made this list. But uh, number five is another superhero movie that I just adored this year. It made me laugh from start to finish. It had a lot of heart. It had, I said Taika Waititi is going to come up again. And the scene with him on the tower with his daughter really hit me hard. And uh, this movie is The Suicide Squad. It's mm. just, I, I love The Suicide Squad and everything they did with it. James Gunn, I think, is just always going to get a pass for me, too, because, like, I love Guardians. And to me, to take basically, not the same concept, but the same sort of style and just lift it and bring it over to DC, I thought The Suicide Squad was just fantastic. Yeah, may, way better than the, the first one. Uh so, my number five, this is easy, because we've already talked about it. It is Nobody. Uh, pretty much the same reasons that, that John liked it. I, I really have nothing else to add, so, yeah. All right. Well, my number five, and I'm not going to say much, uh, Free Guy. One thing I would add, I love Ryan Reynolds' portrayal in the fact that he wasn't playing Van Wilder, because in so many movies you see Ryan Reynolds in, he plays, like, straight up just Van Wilder all the time, even in Deadpool. But he kind of shied away from that here, and I don't mind that one bit. Yeah. To me, he almost played more of a Will Ferrell in Stranger Than Fiction. It was kind of like what I got from him in this. Okay. Right. How many people have seen that? I have. But either way, either way he, is not, he was not playing Van Wilder, which is appreciated. Yeah. Number four. All right. This one was really, really good. This was one of only two streaming movies that made my top 25. I, although I think it played in theaters too. I just didn't happen to see it in one. And this is The Harder They Fall. This was a, a Western with an almost entirely black cast. Um, the soundtrack is really good. There's Kid Cudi on it and Jay-Z. And it, it feels like the most Tarantino movie that Tarantino didn't do. <laughs> um, it opens up right away with action it gets you invested in the story immediately there's great quotes in the first like five minutes of the movie that like i said i won't give it away even though it's right away in the movie but uh if you see it you'll know what i'm talking about and it's another movie i mean i feel like a lot of the movies for good and bad on my list have twists in them this has a twist in the end and what i said about it was it was a twist that i feel like could have ruined the movie but the rest of the movie leading up to it was so good that I didn't even care. And it does kind of make the opening make some sense and stuff. And so I would highly suggest if you have Netflix, go watch The Heart of They Fall as soon as you can, because that movie is fantastic. It nearly made my top ten, but I went a different route. I My number four is going to be... And it's just, this tells you how good the movie is because the sport itself I have no interest in. But it is King Richard. 
I could care less about tennis. I find it unwatchable. I'm so disappointed. I miss King Richard, and it's one of the only movies that I missed this year that I wanted to see. Oh, it's so good. Uh, Will Smith. I mean, it's Will Smith. He just he nailed it. Um, and I mean, like I don't know the story of the the Williams sisters. Obviously, I know who they are. I know they're great. I know that uh, Serena's on like a commer- that annoying commercial where it's like, oh, Wonder Woman, Serena. I hate that commercial. Uh, not for her because the it's just an annoying commercial, but uh, but yeah, just to see him, it's again much like American Underdog, kind of cheesy where it's like, you know, these these this family grows up, they weren't poor but they weren't certainly weren't well off, uh, they didn't live in a great neighborhood, and goes all the way and you know now they're you know multi millionaires and you know like I said Will Smith just great and there's even like a, a scene because I'm watching it and I'm like. Man, they're really focusing in on. Oh, now I'm seeing. I'm gonna screw it up. Uh, I believe Serena is the older sister, but Venus had some more like championships. And I, as I'm watching, I'm like, man, it's weird that they're not really focusing on the younger sister. And then there's a line in the movie where it explains it. I'm like, oh, see, they they covered that base too. So it was uh, really good. Teared up at the end. It's uh yeah, really really great movie. Will Smith is, you know, all-time great actor, so. Well, for what it's worth, uh Venus is actually the older sister by about a year. Okay. So it's okay then. Serena is the uh the younger sister who's also more accomplished. Yeah, the more accomplished. Okay. I just had the names mixed up, but Yeah. Yep, that's what I would say too. Uh my number 4, I love Again, I've made it clear. I love horror movies. I love monsters. I love all these things. And my number four is Malik. No, I'm kidding. My number four is. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say Malignant, but oh, that's no. a that's a joke. That's a joke, sir. Okay, okay. The most saved by a twist of all the movies this year, because that movie is dog shit until the twist and then i was like oh this twist is fantastic i love well is that when you figured out is that when you figured out that malignant like james wan was having fun more than anything (laughs) yeah because i like i saw about the twist and i was like i don't know and it was still pretty predictable but it becomes such a different fun movie like i'm not going to say it's on par with cabin in the woods but it doesn't have a sort of cabin in the woods like oh my god this is ridiculous but fun twist to it Okay, two things uh, real quick, and I know it's not on our list, but two things real quick. Did you notice, A, when the sister goes to the watchtower and she parks right next to the edge for no reason? <laughs> and, like, that doesn't come back into the movie at all. That's just kind of there. Okay. And then another, when the sister of the main character and the cop are trying to fight off Gabriel, and they're just getting their asses kicked. They're trying to retreat. And Gabriel from across the room throws a chair at them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great stuff, man. But anyway, my number four. I love I love freaks. I love monsters. And this is actually a sequel. And we got a little bit more Jim in this. You know, we got to hear him talk. We actually got to hear him talk, rather. We didn't get more of him. Um, my number four, A Quiet Place Part Two. <laughs> well, you know, these these <laughs> lists are subjective. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I didn't. I didn't bash you for Cuevos Rancheros making your worst of. So, well, I, I figured you'd love that movie, so I'm surprised you didn't. Yeah, sure enough. 
All right, number three. Uh, yeah. Is it me? Yeah. All right. Uh, no, Quiet Place Part Two was fine. Though. It wasn't. It just wasn't as good as I was expecting. Um. All right, number three for me. This is the epitome of Oscar bait, but worth every award it's probably going to get. I think if I had to make a call right now, it's probably going to win Best Picture, and it absolutely deserves it if it gets it. And that's a movie called Belfast. Um, the relationship between Buddy and Pop in the movie is so good, so endearing, so sweet. It's got parts that you can quote. It deals a lot with the family dynamic, and like in The Heights, the story of, you know, do you leave for a better life? Do you stay where you are and try to make the best of it? Which route do you take, especially when things get tense and things get hard? And just Belfast was, to me, one of the best movies I've seen this year. And probably the, I know there is no real objectivity in movies, but probably the objective best movie of the year. Um, and it, it only lands at three for me. But like I said, my top five are almost all interchangeable. So Belfast is great and everybody should go watch it. It's just a really, really good movie. Oh, my number... Is it? Okay, yeah, three. Yeah. This was, I believe, the first movie to be delayed by COVID. It was supposed to come out February of 2020, and I remember it getting delayed because China was shut down, and I was so furious. I'm like, why are we delaying movies for China now? Like, this is BS. Release this movie. COVID's just another bird flu. Like, this is stupid. Stop doing this. Little did I know. But finally came out. It is No Time to Die. A great end to the Daniel Craig, James Bond. Great action. It's everything I wanted in the James Bond movie. I won't say it was worth the wait because that was a really long wait. But, uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Awesome movie. Um, I mean, all the the Daniel Craig Bonds, minus one, are, uh, are really, really good. But uh, this one... I don't know. Spectre might be my favorite, but uh, or um, Sky. No, 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 not Spectre. Skyfall. Sorry, Skyfall might be my favorite, but this would probably be my second favorite, and I uh, really liked it. And again, it was it was really gorgeous to look at because I know that's so important to the critics. So. <laughs> I think that one. That's another one that I think if I had seen the movies that led up to it, if I had seen the other Daniel Craig James Bond, it probably would have been in my top 25, but the only reason it didn't make mine was because I just saw it as a standalone movie and didn't have that same investment in the characters already coming in. Fair enough. My number three, and look, I love uh, superhero movies, of course. You know, that's why I'm on here. But most of the time, Marvel's origin stories are eh, kind of... Ah, just, you know, kind of meh for me, personally. But this may be my favorite origin movie that Marvel has done since the original Guardians of the Galaxy. My number three was Shang-Chi. Huh? I think we're all all in agreement that that was a really good one. Yeah. I also, uh, quick side note, it did kind of crack me up how, you know, he's going into battle there towards the end for the for the main event so to speak and you know we're talking about some major stakes here my man's got jays on <laughs> i liked for one, one thing we didn't talk about before with that i like yeah. that it kind of did the like black panther thing of like having different fights going on at the same time of different mm-hmm. sizes and different groups of people yeah that's something that i wish 
I kind of wish Marvel found a way to do that with the Eternals, where it almost would have made more sense, and they didn't, I feel like. But uh, I thought that was a nice... I always like that touch as far as, like, fighting, where it's, like, you kind of pair off, like, main against main, and then, like... And then the twist, where it's, like, they have to end up working together. Like, I liked it a lot. Yeah. That was good stuff, for sure. Aquafina's great, too, and I like her from uh, Dwarf. She's great in the movie, too, as comic relief. Yeah, Aquafina was great in that movie, for sure. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of on the comic relief. Yeah. Number dose. All right. This one, I waffled back and forth on this as my number two or my number one. Because, like I said before, Regal Unlimited helped me see a lot of movies that I otherwise wouldn't have seen. Um, I saw this one with my daughter, and I think it helped because I saw a lot of movies with her this year. Basically, every kid movie that I saw, except for, I think, Ron's Gone Wrong, I saw with her. And... This one I didn't have very high expectations for because I hadn't seen the first one. But it made me, like, belly laugh from almost start to finish. And it made me tear up. And I never, ever expected that from this movie. But my number two is Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway. Hmm. Um, it's hilariously self-referential and self-deprecating. And there's a lot of, like, inside jokes that only the adult, like, and they're not dirty jokes. They're just jokes about, like, how, uh, you know, trying to make the sequel and this and that. And it's a lot of jokes that I feel like only adults would kind of get. But it's still ultimately a fun, cute kids movie with, you know, your typical kids movie hijinks. But, like I said, the, the writing in it is so clever and so funny. Uh, it's on Netflix right now. I think that's another movie everybody should watch, especially if you have kids or young people in your family. Um, it's like I said, a lot of the stuff's going to go over the kids' heads, but not even go over the kids' heads in a dirty way. Just really, really smartly funny. And so Peter Rabbit 2 gets my, uh, top spot. Or my second to top spot, I should say. My number two. My number two, I'm surprised it hasn't been on anyone's list yet, but I kind of alluded to it earlier as far as we're doing much better with our reboots and it's Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. This, get that all-women's Ghostbuster nonsense out of here. This yeah, is get how... those ladies out of here. This is the He-Man <laughs> Woman Haters Club. It's not that it was all women, it's just, it wasn't good. Um, well, say, and we have two female Ghostbusters basically in this, so it's yeah. kind of Yeah, so it's, it's nothing to do with the gender, it's just one good. Uh, this, this is, I mean, like, what a, I won't say perfect movie, but a perfect reboot of the Ghostbusters. Like, now I'm excited for future uh, Ghostbusters. I mean, this was, this was, uh, this took place in your home state, Caleb, of Oklahoma. But, uh. Really? I mean, I don't know if it was filmed there. Probably not. But It may have been. The, uh, we have tax breaks and stuff. That's where, uh, that's where old Egon moved off to. And that's where they, you know, this all went down. But well, yeah. like I said, they have been recorded over here. It's, you know, uh, we have tax credits and stuff. Could have been. but I don't, know how much, I don't know how much you want to give away, but the way that they handled the ending I thought was really, really good, too. Oh, yeah, that was great. I mean, I the last movie I would have expected to cry in would be a Ghostbusters movie, which is, uh, I mean, the first one is, is really, really good. The second one I like. It's not as good as the first one. But uh, still good, and and this one just a a great reboot. Uh, I loved, and and what's great 
speaking of the the Ghostbuster characters, is yes, we do get two females. I thought for sure Paul Rudd was going to be one of the Ghostbusters, and I will say that he is not. And it's fine. It actually it's it's better that he isn't because now we've got not kids, but like a, a next know, generation. Yeah, a next generation. The way they set it up uh, with Winston, I thought was really good. Um, yeah, it's just uh, really good. Like I'm, I'm ready to see uh, see a reboot. Like give me, you know, give me more of them. And uh, did you stay for the post credits? Because there's like a huge post credit thing that, like, I feel like it's almost like two or three scenes long. Absolutely, I stayed for the post credits. Oh, and the uh, the Stay Puft Marshmallow, the little ones. Those were so funny. I loved that. Um, just as a quick side note with this. Um, I, like I said, I've seen, I've seen 92 movies in theaters. Um, most of them are at the regal closest to me, which isn't really near the city at all. But uh, I just happened to see the Ghostbusters Afterlife at uh, one in downtown Brooklyn, like closer to the bridge. And uh, I ended up sitting next to, I don't know if you guys know Joe DeRosa, the comedian. But uh, he, co- he co-hosts the podcast Taste Buds with uh, Sal Volcano from Impractical Jokers. And he ended up sitting literally like two seats away from me, so that was a fun little experience. No, nice. Yeah, for Sal sure. Sal is uh, coming to Columbus to do stand up soon. And Joe Joe Gatto just left the Jokers. I saw that. I think yeah. I would say there's like three people that I think could replace him, but I think Joe DeRose is one of them. Although he's a lot more like deadpan than any of the Jokers. Yeah. But he's hilarious, and if you guys haven't seen Taste Buds or anybody listening hasn't seen Taste Buds. I suggest watching that on YouTube or just listening wherever you get podcasts. Uh, they, uh, listen to Taste Buds after. Listen to Taste Buds after you listen to this. Yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah. they what they do is they pick two foods or sometimes two topics, not always food. Like they did Halloween as a kid versus Halloween as an adult. And then they just each pick a side and they just debate it for like almost an hour. And huh. it ends up a lot of fun. Okay. Interesting. Well, my number two uh, was – oh, by the way um, – Afterlife was filmed almost entirely in Canada and some in New York, so no Oklahoma filming. A movie that that was filmed in Oklahoma and was largely inspired by the Amanda, Amanda Knox story was Stillwater, and I, I I really enjoyed it. You know, even you know putting the silly like Oklahoma connection aside, like it, it was a good it was a good telling of a. You know, the story of growth of a father um, accepting, um, you know, changes that are being, you know, put in front of him and, you know, making making huge mistakes and, you know, having to, you know, move on from that and live his life. And it's it's a and learning to love his daughter again, too. And And, also like the contrast of like. Him trying to maintain his relationship with his daughter and then this whole kind of new family that he sets up for himself. Yeah. I thought that was a good movie. Oh, yeah, it was very good. But, yeah, not, my number two is Stillwater. All right. Are you ready for number one? Uh, we, yep. We, I'll say it on the count of three. <laughs> <laughs> should, should we all say it on the count of three? I assume Caleb's seen it, too, by now. Yeah. He's seen it. Yeah, well, count of three. Three, two, one. No Spider-Man, way. no way home. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> not planned, by the way. Not planned. <laughs> yeah. We did not talk about this ahead of time, but I think when no. we all didn't have it anywhere else in our top five, we just assumed 
I assumed I was like I was like John better not put some Oscar bait bullshit at number <laughs> Lamb. Uh, no way home is, is far and away my number one. I thought yeah. that movie was well. I, I shouldn't say far and away because, like I said, my top five could all be kind of interchangeable. But yeah. I thought what they did with No Way Home was just something special. And me and Eddie like waxed poetic about it on the podcast we did a, a week or two ago. But No Way Home is just almost a perfect movie from start yeah. to finish. It's very, very good. I mean, there are minor plot holes that we can discuss privately, but um, it's very, very good. Yeah, this, I mean, I don't have much more to add than what we discussed a couple weeks ago, but uh, this to me was, it was obvious. I, I, I went through a list of every movie I'd seen, and I, I put, like, top ten, bottom five, and I started, like, adding like okay like this movie like i'll put it in the bottom category it probably isn't going to make my bottom five but like i can think internals uh, like eh, it's probably bottom five material it's not going to make it but i'll put it there like i'm just sorting them out because they've got you know 30 well, some movies to choose from i was just but, putting a little like asterisk or whatever just to denote like did i like this movie did i not like this movie yeah i'm just setting them into like two categories to start but yeah. then it's like I'm, I wrote on my little list ten through one, and before I even did anything, I just copied Spider-Man No Way Home, just pasted it to number one. It's like there's not even any thought with this. It's yeah. just figuring out ten through two is really the only yeah. trouble. For sure. Um, but yeah, that. <laughs> I say before we go, were there any movies that you guys want to just touch on at all that didn't make your best or worst? Uh, let me go through. I mean, I like there's some uh, movies that I saw that I'd like to just like kind of quickly touch on, and I know quick for me isn't usually quick, but <laughs> but uh, I mean, I mentioned Eight Bit Christmas. I I really liked that. Um, Black Widow would have probably been in my you know top twenty or something. I I don't know. I I, I enjoyed. Um, I can't remember the new Black Widow. I guess we'll just say. Yeah. Um, but, One movie yeah. that I, feel like I, I told you guys about as soon as I saw it, that I was like, you guys both have to watch this. And it ended up falling at number 13 on my list. was a movie called New Order. That's all in Spanish. I think it's a Mexican-French movie, I want to say. Um, but all in Spanish, set in Mexico. Mm-hmm. But it's just the way that I described it when I did my like yearly top 25. was It's just pure like misery porn. It's a movie that like brings you down right out of the gate and just keeps you there and puts its like foot on your neck the entire time. There's no hope. There's no sunlight. There is no happy ending in this movie. It's just pure like I don't remember how long the movie is, but it just starts to finish, make you feel bad. But I think there's a point to that because like we all had American Underdog in or near our top ten, and I feel like there's a place sometimes for movies that are just like. No, you know what? Life is brutal. Life is terrible. Everybody sucks and everything sucks. And that's what New Order was. And I kind of appreciated that. Mm. Um, another movie I had high on my list was The Card Counter, which I feel like Eddie would probably like. I don't know if Caleb would like it as much. But uh, I like Blackjack. Yeah, it's it's a lot it's a lot of fun. It's, the guy travels the country. Um, I think he's I feel like he plays poker. I don't want to say 100. percent It might be Blackjack, but uh. Whatever the case is, he travels... Rounders. The whole movie is basically him plotting revenge against somebody that he was supposed to get revenge on, but then, like, he has help, or does he have help from somebody else? 
does he go through with it? Does he not go through with it? How does he go about it? What are his motivations? It's a, it's a lot of that sort of like back and forth of it all, but it's very sort of like slow and kind of serious, but Tiffany Haddish is in it too, which is like, seems like a weird placement, but she works. Hmm. Um, So it's not rounders. (laughs) I've at least seen a trailer for this, but that was really good too. And then, uh, there's a couple of like, uh, documentaries I saw that were all good. There's one called The Alpinist that just focuses on this. I forget exactly how old he is. I think he's a kid in his, like, his early 20s. He's like a French-Canadian kid who just like loved to free climb. And they have the guy from uh, Free Solo in it a lot, but um, which I think won a bunch of awards. I'd never seen it. But it's just a kid who likes to free climb, and he would go like all over the country and all over the world. Um, climbing all these different like rock formations, and then he goes to like ice formations and mixed ice and and rock. And I uh, I don't remember if he does Everest, but I know he definitely tries a couple of like big important peaks. And there's like, all right, well, what happens to him? Because he also wants to stay off the grid, but then he kind of likes the notoriety of it all. But it's a lot of back and forth on that too. That's really good. Um, there's one that's kind of just almost the opposite of New Order. It's just kind of a feel good movie, and that's the Sparks Brothers. It's a documentary about this, like, obscure rock duo who supposedly a lot of musicians like. And they have, like, I think they have, like, 50 albums or something like that. But that was just kind of fun, too, because it's, like, a documentary, but it's, like, there's no real tension to it. Because it's, like, hey, these are two brothers who just get along and have a great life and enjoy what they do. And that's kind of another fun twist where it's, like, there's no real, like, rocky point to it. It's just their story. Um... And then the Anthony Bourdain documentary Roadrunner was really good too. And that kind of gives both sides of him, the brutal side and the funny side and you know, how he is and how the, the show got documented. Um, well, I'm ready for the sequel Wiley Coyote. <laughs> yeah. Well, one and, last, uh, one last thing. Uh, you can let me know if any of these are looking forward to as, as far as we know, these are the superhero movies scheduled to be released in 2022. We've got Morbius, The Batman, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, DC League of Super Pets, Thor, Love and Thunder, Black Adam, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2, The Flash, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. Well, first off, Black Panther is not going to come out this year. Yeah, okay. It's supposed to. Into the Spider-Verse 2 was the one that jumped out to me because I thought I thought the first one, I'm not going to say was better than No Way Home because I made that my number one movie this year, but the first Into the Spider-Verse was to be the best superhero movie I've ever seen, the best like standalone superhero movie at least that I've ever seen, even though it's a cartoon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, Doctor Strange, mostly <laughs> just to get excited for the future. Yeah, uh, I wonder where they go with that. I... And then, if, if there's not X-Men in Doctor Strange, or even a hint of it, it may be in the bottom five. That's how high my expectations are for it. Um, if Black Panther does come out this year, boy, I don't know. Without actually having... I don't know. The fact that they're not recasting him, and they're still making the movie... Uh, I felt like... I yeah, don't so know. I, to me, I felt like... I would have liked the movie if his sister not necessarily became the Black Panther but became the star of the movie. Because to me, she was the best part in the original. Yeah, I, I don't... I mean, I trust that they're going to do something really good and make a nice tribute, but I'm... I don't... 
I'll be honest. I don't know if I see a movie here. Uh, we'll see. I don't know anything about it. I've never even seen a trailer. But when you don't have Chadwick Boseman and you're calling the movie The Black Panther, I I don't know. Like I, I need I need some substance here. We'll see when if a trailer drops. But I'm hopeful for it just because to me he was, and I know it's like, oh, don't speak ill of the dead or whatever. But to me, he really was, and I said this while he was alive, before anybody knew he had cancer. To me, he was the weakest part of the Black Panther. Like, to me, the Black Panther character was too sort of, like, cookie-cutter, cut-and-dry, like, wasn't very funny, wasn't very personable. Like, to me, Killmonger was kind of relatable. The sister was hilarious and kind of the backbone of the movie. But to me, the Black Panther itself was kind of just like, eh. Like, I love the movie, but to me, it was all the other characters around the Black Panther that made the movie, not Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. And then I'll throw out Morbius just because uh, Spider-Man Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was saying, are we in agreement that I feel like the Batman is going to be the most boomer bust movie of the year? Like, could be really fantastic, but could also be a steaming pile of garbage. Yeah, that's yeah. that's fair to say. <laughs> um, just two other movies real quick that I didn't touch on from 2021 that I just want to mention. Um, Pig, the Nicolas Cage movie, was just really weird and wasn't very good, but was kind of an interesting watch, if that makes sense. Because it feels like it, like, builds you up the whole time, and then there's no real payoff for it. Um, and the other one was, uh, I think it's an Icelandic movie called Lamb. (laughs) Oh, God, I saw the trailer. That looks so horrible. It's literally, it's the weirdest (laughs) movie that I've seen this year. And uh, for that reason alone, I suggest watching it because that has a twist too. That it's like, what the hell? And like I said, it's not it's not Cabin in the Woods. It's not even uh, what was the other movie we were talking about before that was Cabin in the Woods ish. Oh, Malignant. It's very weird and fun. And for that reason, I suggest everybody watch that. That I think was twenty five on my list. So there you go. <laughs> well, I think that uh, that about does it. That I would say so. John, thank you for joining. Um, guys, thank you for listening. We hope you have a happy, healthy, and just overall good 2022. Enjoy the movies. Enjoy the sports. Enjoy life. Thank you for listening. For 100 this year, guys. That's, that's yeah. my big If I can get 100 in theaters, it'll be a successful year. You'll do it, John. You'll do it. Have you Have you got number one yet? I haven't gotten number one yet, but last year theaters didn't open until April, and I made 92, and I worked throughout the summer, which hopefully I won't be doing this year. Yeah. So I'm really hoping to pump up that number this year. You're probably going to crush 100. Um, that being said, folks, again, thank you for listening. We are going to get out of here, and just overall want to say thank you, God bless you, and have a good night. Well, I gotta drop a quote from our number one movie. Okay, yes, good idea, good idea. Let's Scooby-Doo this shit.